Hi, I'm Tim. This is We're Only Human, a podcast celebrating the resiliency of the human spirit. This is about the journeys of people like you and me, people who feel vulnerable, excited, stressed, hopeful, alone, together, and all the myriad of other emotions in between that make us human. I'm a curious person. I love learning about people. I love learning how they became who they are, what influenced them, how they overcame the obstacles that stood in their way, and maybe most importantly, what they learned along the way. Today, uh, I brought along Christine Mortensen. Uh, Christine, you sometimes go by Morty though, right? I do. I just want, it just popped in my head when I said Mortensen, so I just had to bring that up. Um, <laughs> yeah, Christine, feel free to call me Morty. Morty. <laughs> I'm going to call you Christine, but right um, you are, uh, I mean, professionally, officially, you're the president and founder of Sparked, a uh, digital marketing and strategy agency that, and I love this, helps businesses grow by creating content and marketing that doesn't suck. Yes. That's actually old. Where did you find that? Um, I, I forgot that we had that, but I changed it, but Hey, it's still true. Uh, I found it on your website actually. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm almost positive now on the, uh, the about page, uh, for each of the people that work there. Uh, that was yours, I think. Oh yeah. That's okay. Yes. I do have that in my bio. Okay. <laughs> it's, I haven't looked at my uh, bio in a while. But- yeah, and and I don't want um you know I say professionally because I don't want necessarily that to to define you um but so we've you know part of the reason I invited you here uh, is because a I've I've known you for a long time so I feel like uh, you're someone I, I definitely want to talk to for this um and a long time I think it's been I was trying to figure this out I can't remember I remember where we met uh, I remember you myself, uh, our friend Stella, we were all mm-hmm. at 1871 in the mm-hmm. early days in Chicago and, and you came to meet us to work with us on our event series. I don't remember though what it must, it, you started working with us in 2013. So that must've been in 2012. Yeah. I, well, I started Sparked in 2012 and it was right around then that, you know, I was like, I'm like, well, what are some other things that I can do to help, you know, just grow my network and, you know, be of service. And so I found Entrepreneurs Unplugged. And and so it had to be, it had to be 2012. Gosh. Okay. So we're going at least seven years here then. So wow. I know, right? Yeah. And we were like kind of neighbors too, which was weird that we didn't know that until after we were working together. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I was just about to bring that up. We literally <laughs> lived in the same neighborhood, literally a block apart. Yeah. Um. And I, I will acknowledge too, not necessarily the most popular neighborhood either. So what are the no. chances of us two living in this neighborhood in the outskirts of the city a block apart and never knowing? Yeah, that was, it's so funny. And uh, and I, I miss being your neighbor, you know? I know, getting random uh, random vegetable deliveries. Visits <laughs> <laughs> by this your kids, true. by, by uh, your eldest. So it's been a long time, mm-hmm. um, not in the same neighborhood anymore, mm-hmm. uh, but um, so I, I mentioned, you know, when I, so when I, when I think about, you know, I was thinking about this, this podcast idea, I was thinking about, you know, what, what does this mean? This, this notion of like resiliency, um, it's definitely a topic I've been 
honed in on recently and, and especially just thinking about people and how especially children are so resilient, but mm. then how does that resiliency continue for the, you know, for people? Do we, are we just as resilient, you know, at 20 or 30 as we are at, at six or seven? Um, and so when I thought about that and I thought about, about you, um, there, there are these three memories that just kept running through my head and I couldn't get away from them. So I, I want to, these are th- definitely three moments I want to touch upon today, but I don't want them to necessarily define the conversation, but I do want to just bring them up now. Um, the, the first thing was, uh, when we first met that, that day at 1871, I thought you had owned your own agency for a long time. I, I just assumed. And it wasn't until like a year later that I realized you had just started it barely a year before we met. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I just assumed because in, in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, she owns her own agency. She's an expert at this. She's been doing this forever. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, I had been doing it forever, um, but just not on my own. I was at other agencies, but you know, not necessarily running running sparked. Yeah. Which yeah, which I imagine is a totally different ballgame. Yeah. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah, you don't have the support of all these other people. Yeah. And then the the second thing I remember was your dad, he was getting a heart transplant when we first Mm -hmm. met, right? Or he was preparing for a heart transplant? Yeah, he was on the heart transplant list. That's actually um, a large part of why I started the business uh, when I started it. I had started, wanted to start it for a long time, but... You know, there's you put up a whole bunch of different reasons in your mind of like why you should delay it. You know, um, you know, I don't have enough experience or, you know, maybe I should just grow my network throughout, you know, working at other agencies first, work with tons of more clients, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all these other things are I'll just wait. I'll save some more money. <laughs> you know, all those doubts and questions and I should, yeah. I should, I should went through my mind. And then my dad was um, he was he contracted some sort of virus that attacked his heart. And they said that he would need a heart transplant. And I just knew that the job that I was in at the time wouldn't um, give me the flexibility to be able to take him and take him to the, the you know doctor visits and hospital stays that were frequent um, and to be able to support my mom and everything um, while having a traditional nine to five job. So so yeah, so that was part of the big push <laughs> so to get me to finally do it. I never knew that part. I didn't know that that was part of the inspiration for you starting Sparked. Yeah, yeah. It, um, yeah, it was a long time coming. Uh, I really wanted to to go off on my own for a while. But again, all those you know questions and reasons that we give ourselves. But yeah, that was really the push. And, you know, and um, he's great. He's on the heart transplant list for about two years. Um, did get a very successful heart transplant and he's still still kicking. So still, still going strong. You would never know that he had a heart transplant. Oh, that's great. I, the, and the the third, this one, I I just could not get out of my mind because I I remember this, this moment vividly, but it was the moment I saw your post on Facebook about your husband passing away totally unexpectedly. Yeah. And I remember just stopping in my tracks. I, I didn't believe it. Like I'm reading this post and it's, you know, like talking about it now just sounds nuts. Cause I don't know what I thought. Like, I didn't think you were making it up, mm-hmm. but I also didn't believe what I was reading. So I mm-hmm. was like, 
I don't understand what is happening right now because that can't happen. But obviously Christine's not going to joke around about it on Facebook. So like what, mm-hmm. so in when I, like, again, when I thought about resiliency, I'm thinking like Christine is one of the most resilient people out there. She has to be because there are so many, you know, and th- those are just three things that, that kept coming into my mind, but I'm like, there's, there's so many, those three things alone would, would knock people down and, and getting back up after, after anything uh, like that is pretty tough. So um, in my mind, you're, you're very resilient. Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. I guess I never, I don't know. I have never thought of it like that. Um, But yeah, losing a husband at 38 is uh, very unexpected to say the least and still difficult. Yeah, I'm still really sorry about that. I just can't, I can't imagine. Um, but, you know, speaking of your, of your dad, mm-hmm. one, of, one of the things that I'm so cognizant now of is, being a parent myself now is, is just how much about life, uh, how to behave, um, what we understand, how much of that we learn from our parents. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, um, what, what were your parents like? Like what, what was your impression of your parents growing up? Like what kind of influence on you were they? Um, I've always got the impression you're very close with your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just from, you know, an outsider's point of view, but I'd love to hear mm-hmm. from you. Oh yeah. I mean, I have been so blessed to have two of the greatest parents in the world. You know, I've, you know, a lot of people will say that I like truly, truly feel that they're just wonderful humans. They're so giving and so, you know, thoughtful, um, and selfless. And, um, they gave me the best childhood ever. So, um, I, you know, wanted for nothing. Um, you know, we weren't, you know, rich by any means, you know, just your standard middle-class Northwest side kind of Chicago family, you know, just, uh, my mother was a waitress and my father was a mechanic and yeah, we, I mean, we didn't go on vacations really. We would, our vacations would actually be, you know, going to uh, downtown Chicago, right? We'd go on like these Chicago vacations to like explore. We'd go to like Michael Jordan's restaurant. It was a big deal, especially in the middle of, you know, the the three-peat era when uh, the Bulls were <laughs> winning, you know, their, their uh, championships. But um, yeah, so they're just, you know, just really like salt of the earth, good people. So, um, so yeah, had a great, great childhood, wonderful parents. And they were just really wonderful role models of how a marriage and a relationship should be that's healthy. You know, like laughing, uh, making fun of each other in like the best ways, you know, of course fighting that's normal, but like respectfully, um, you know, they never, I don't really have any memories of them like getting into like really huge blow up drag out fights or anything like that. Um, you know, I mean, if they ever had them, they didn't do it in front of me, that's for sure. Um, but I really don't think that they really (laughs) had those, kind of fights. Cause I don't see that now <laughs> and I'm sure I would now as an adult, but yeah, they are just, um, yeah, had a, they did a great job, I think. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. It sounds like, um, you know, one of the, one of the things I, <clears throat> I've told my son Noah this, uh, just straight up, but one of the things I've, 
learned as a parent is that I remember when I was young, I always thought my parents knew everything. Not not that they were like gods or anything, but just that like they understood what was going on out there. They understood what was going on here. They understood. Um, and what, what I told Noah is that like, actually, parents are just making it up as they go along. Oh, no. You they told him the secret? That's the secret. Yeah. You're supposed to tell him that? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, so well, I was like, I, it's better to be honest up front because For that sure. way he understands, like, I'm just making this up. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, like, did you, you know, as a, as a child with your parents, like, did you look up to them in a similar way? Like you, you thought like in, and I don't think it's any, uh, I think every parent, you know, no matter how good they are or bad they are, they're definitely probably just making it up as they go along and, you know, oh, some yeah. are better than others. But um, did you have that impression of like, mom and dad, like they know what's up in the world and they are my guide. I don't know that I had like that sort of um, experience or thought, but because my dad was a mechanic, he was just, you know, could fix anything, you know, um, and was always doing stuff around the house and, you know, helping neighbors with their cars and, um, you know, just general, like, almost like, I don't want to say handiwork, but like if there was a problem, he was the guy on the block you would go to to fix whatever the problem really was. And so um, I grew up as an only child and forever I would feel like, can you make me a robot so I can have someone to play with? (laughs) And he was like, no, dear, I can't do that. I'm like, well, why? (laughs) I don't understand. Like you can like fix everything. Why can't you make me a a robot? And um, I think I asked him that like once a week for like a month straight. <laughs> and he just was so patient with me. <laughs> it's just every time. No, sweetheart, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, I'm that's like, amazing. Yeah. So I uh, never got a sibling, but that's okay. I think that worked out just fine. <laughs> and no robot. No robot either. <laughs> no robot. You know, I think and then I went on to the pony stage. Um, you know, and that was a definite not gonna happen. Where do you put a where do you put a pony in, in the city of Chicago, really? <laughs> Yards are barely That's big true. enough for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that like you really felt like you learned a lot about what a great marriage was, you know, a great model for a great marriage, a model for a great relationship. Um, as one of the things that I've, I've noticed with my parents as an adult is just, just in general, like I view my parents differently now as an adult than I did when I was younger. I I feel like I've learned different things from them. Mm. Have you felt like as an adult now, like looking back that you've, uh, either view your parents differently or you just simply have learned different lessons from them as an adult now? Hmm. That's a really interesting question. Um, I don't, I think you're just, you see their relationship in a different light. Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of things that like your, your parents are like required to tell children no, right? <laughs> They're like, that's their job, right? <laughs> For a part, a good part of, you know, your you know, rearing children as being like, no, you can't do this. No, don't touch that. (laughs) No, please don't fall off the balcony. Um, You know, no, don't climb the tree. You'll break your arm. Um, You know, and you start to like get 
perspective on like, oh, well, that's why they told me not to do all of these things. Um, you know, so I think it's really more, you know, you just kind of learn to appreciate why uh, they maybe did or didn't do the things that they did as you were growing up. That didn't make sense in the moment. Um, I don't know about you, but um, did you ever get told the, uh, you'll understand when you're older kind of thing. And it's, I think it's true for a lot of it. Um, I think it's probably a shitty thing to say to a kid, but <laughs> sometimes, you know, your parents are probably just tired of explaining things at some point. So um, I don't blame them or any parent for, for being like, you'll, you'll just understand when you're older. You're like, you'll get it. Yeah, I, I got that sometimes for sure. I, to be honest, I think my parents were a little bit worse at that. It, it was a lot more of like, just because, or just because, mm -hmm. or the infamous, because I said so. Mm -hmm. So it, it wasn't even like, you know, I think that's a lot of what they lacked was like explaining anything. Mm -hmm. So even even like you'll understand when you're older, it gave a little, gives a little insight into like, well, you might understand, but no, it was more of just like, uh, because I said so. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's definitely the, because I said so moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or the, <laughs> God, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. Um, I distinctly remember being in the car outside my aunt's house and I am crying my eyes out. I don't know why. I have no idea why. I'm, I don't remember. But um, it was a really solid reason to me at the time. And I just remember my mom turning to me like, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> and I feel like repeating that to my dog every now and again, <laughs> now that I'm an adult. <laughs> I don't have children, so, you know, he's the closest thing I've got. I'm sure it's just as much work. I I don't have perspective on that, but I think so. <laughs> well, I, th I think, I know, to be honest, I, I only have the, the children perspective because I don't have any pets. Um, and the only pet I ever had was a hamster, so it was totally different. But um, I think to some degree, anytime you're caring for any living being, there's going to be some basic, you're in charge of this life requirements. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Um, you know, at the very least, you got that in common. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's pretty smart. I think he's uh, on the level of a two-year-old at least. Oh, that's that's pretty smart for sure. Think, yeah. He's doing good. He doesn't get it from me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when your dad, um, as I mentioned earlier, when we first met, your dad was getting the heart transplant or he was on the list. Um you you talked a little bit about that's part of the reason you started Sparked, but I I'm just so curious, um, how did you navigate that emotionally? I mean, from that moment you found out, but then I didn't even think about. Then he's on the list for what? What'd you say? Two years? Yeah. So and then yeah, and part of that he was like, <laughs> we jokingly say he was battery operated for a while because you get depending on what you have rung with your heart, he was given what's called an LVAD, L-V-A-D. And um, it's basically a pump that pumps for your heart. And it's there. It's in your, it's like attached to your heart. But then you have these like a wire that comes out of your side and you're connected then to two batteries that last 12 hours at a time. And you have to change the batteries like clockwork every single day. He had that for nine months. So um, that was also uh, a big part of, of that uh, heart transplant journey as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. So 
um, yeah, I don't, a lot of people don't know that that's, um, that's a possibility. I've heard that they've come a long way with LVADs and that they're wireless now, which is wonderful because the wired part, anytime there was um, threat of any kind of storm that was big enough to have, uh, whether a snowstorm or even, even just really heavy rain, um, my parents were always worried about the power going off because then those batteries can't charge, uh, the backup batteries, um, can't can't charge um unfortunately the power was never out long enough they had a a generator just in case um you also have to alert the local fire department that there that he has an lvad uh, because if there's an emergency they will come get him (laughs) Uh, or check on him or you know we can go to the firehouse um that kind of a thing so there's just a lot (laughs) so yeah so having um I don't know if actually starting a business with all of that going on in hindsight was actually a really good idea, but it did give me the flexibility during the day to kind of be available when, when needed and kind of like work on the business late at night or early in the morning um, and kind of do family stuff in the middle. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really good question in itself is, I mean, dad being on a heart transplant list alone, I imagine is taking up, a lot of emotion and mental capacity. And then uh, this part, I didn't even know that you have to be on the battery mm-hmm. for, for, so I mean that, and then, you know, you, I think for a lot of us, your professional life is going to take up a lot of mental capacity. Mm-hmm. And so you then transition your professional life into, let me start my own business, which in of itself, uh, talking to any entrepreneur <laughs> can take up your entire mental capacity yeah. and then some. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. I don't think you, ha- I imagine that every day your mental capacity was over, over capacity. How did you even, I, I can't begin to imagine how you balanced all that. I'm so curious how you did. Uh, I don't know either now that you say it all like that, <laughs> but no, it's true. Uh, yeah. Starting a business in and of itself is, is a bit of a, um, you know, doozy, um, <laughs> as far as, uh, you know, uh, taxing the brain, you never are, I feel like you're never, um, not working. Um, especially that first year, uh, even, you know, the first two years, depending on what the, the business is, um, or startup, um, I was fortunate enough to have, um, you know, great referrals from past clients and um, networks. So that was that was help. But you know, you're still trying to figure out like, well, what am I offering? What are my services? How much do I charge? Um, how many proposals do I need to send out? How many phone calls? How many emails do I need to send out? You know, and then it's like, oh, dad's got to go to the doctor. Oh, dad's in the ICU. Um, oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> You just, I don't know. You just figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, you know, you're still living in the same geography as your parents at the time in, oh my God, it's starting to rain or there's a thunderstorm mm-hmm. forecast for tonight. Like I imagine anticipation might start to creep in of like, I can't mm-hmm. focus on finding clients now. I hope that thunderstorm doesn't hit later so that the power mm-hmm. doesn't go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of that. So, I mean, having, you know, um, this was before Lloyd and I were married, but like having him as a support was so huge. I mean, just like emotionally, like there were so many times like he'd come home from work and I'd be crying at the kitchen table because this, that, or the other thing went wrong. Um, so that, that was a huge help. Yeah, I, ma- I imagine 
I mean, you know, one of the things I think a lot about with resiliency is we are so resilient as individuals, but I, I wonder how much of that actually comes from being together, like with others, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, in my mind, it's, it's, it's almost like a exponential thing. Like you're, you're a hundred percent resilient by yourself, but maybe you're like a thousand percent resilient with Lloyd, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely having like a strong, uh, support system for lack of a better phrase, but like, you know, really friends that are going to be there for you and like, just listen to you <laughs> vent, <laughs> um, several times, you know, you know, you know, and you have to be receptive to them too, because it's give and take. Right. But really having like close knit, uh, family or friends, um, you know, and having a variety of people because you can only vent to some one person <laughs> so many times before they're like, all right, that's enough. Um, <laughs> that's enough of you. Gotta, Maybe you should a get a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, having a, a wide cast um, for sure of, of friends is uh, hugely important. And I think, I mean, honestly, that's really probably the only real way I got through all of that, um, looking back at it and having very understanding clients. I was also, that's another thing is, you know, it, I just had no choice, but to be like, listen, this is what's going on in my life. I can really, you know, I can knock this project out of the park for you. Um, but you do need to know that there might be times where I might need to reschedule a call or this and the other thing. And as soon as like people heard that, like my father was on the heart transplant list, you know, they're just nothing but like supportive. So, um, very fortunate about about that i don't remember or maybe i've just blocked it out of my head but i don't remember anyone oh that's not true there was one person that was kind of a dick but um (laughs) about About, it about your dad having a heart transplant well there were a few times where well i mean one time he had sepsis and um there was another time there's several other times that um he was in the icu but um, I, I had to move calls because of some of these things. Cause like yeah. my mom's not about to drive in these conditions. Um, um, so I would have to like drop everything and like drive over to my parents' house and drive them both over to the hospital. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes that meant that meetings had to get moved. And so there was a, a one person in particular that, um, just didn't, um, didn't, uh, wasn't as understanding as they probably could have been. So, um, but you know what? That's business, you know, business is time and money. So I get that. Um, but you know, there was nothing life, (laughs) you know, like life threatening that we were working on in marketing. So, (laughs) well, yeah. And you know, it's one of the things I, I think of a lot too, is just like empathy, right? Like, and you hear this all the time, right? That there's that like saying, like, uh, I forgot what it is, but something about like, no one's having a worse day or you're not having a worse day than them or something. But like this notion that like, let's be a little empathetic. Like we're all human. Like they probably have something going on. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, mm-hmm. like I can't, Im- and especially, I don't know if you, if the person knew what you had going on, but especially if they knew what you had going on. Yeah. They, they, they were well aware. Um, because oh, it's not, like it's not a fair. A million times worse. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, like I said, it was that one person and that's fine. Um, yeah. I just, you know, wish them well. <laughs> um, you know, oh, go ahead. Well, you know, no, you know, you say you wish them well and I can just picture you smiling when you say that. 
Christine, every picture, every interaction we've ever had, every video call you've ever done, I've always seen you smiling. You're always <laughs> chipper. You're always, I'm being so honest. This is like when I started thinking about this idea and I started thinking about, well, A, who can I get to, to talk, you know, to get this thing started? Um, you know, who, who would actually believe my crazy idea and join me here? But, but secondly, I, I kept thinking about you because as I mentioned in my mind, all these events keep running through of like, you've been knocked down a few times, but then the other image next to that, all I have is like Christine, she's the most loving, caring, happy, and not like artificially happy, but like mm. genuinely happy, joyous person I can think of. I'm like, I don't get it. I, I mean, I'm glad that's the case. But I want to understand, like, you got knocked down, you got knocked down, you got knocked down, but you just got back up again and you're like, and, and just now you're like, and I love that about you. Like, I, you know, I, I wish that person well. I hope they understand. You know what I mean? Like, you just, I can see that smile on your face. Yeah, I am. I'm, I am smiling right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying all of that. Um, you know, I just, uh, I, I'm a very grateful person, even though I have been knocked down pretty darn hard a few times, uh, especially lately. Um, but you know, you pick yourself back up. I mean, you can, you don't get to choose what happens to you, but you get to choose how you react to it. And that's the way I try to approach life, especially, especially lately. Um, I love what I do and there's so much good in the world. And I just try not to lose sight of that. Um, so I guess that's what, I don't know, I guess that's what keeps me going. That maybe somehow, little by little, tomorrow will get better. I, I love what you just said. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to write it down. You don't get to choose what happens to you, but you choose how you get to react to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, it's your choice. Like, you know, shitty things happen to really great people every single day and you can choose to wallow. You can choose to, um, you know, woe is me. Um, you can choose to let it eat you up or you can use it as ammo, you know, for, I don't know a better way to, to, to describe it, but like, or you can use it as, as fuel, um, to keep you going and, you know, to like, okay, well that happened. You can't change what happened. Um, but you can change how you let it affect you and you can let it change how you let it affect your future. I love that. I love that so much. Like I said, I had to write it down. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, that's, uh, sometimes it's the only thing that keeps me going. Well, I think that's a great, a great way to live. It's working so far. <laughs> you, you mentioned, uh, you yeah. mentioned that your, your dad uh, getting his heart transplant was part of the inspiration for starting your company sparked. What, what were the other parts? Um, I did find, online um this was not on your website this was somewhere else you had written a bio uh, but it said before starting her own company sparked content marketing and design christine learned the hard way that hearing no isn't an end it's the spark of opportunity 
Uh, so that to me suggested <laughs> that there was some other impetus behind you starting Sparked. Yeah. So, um, so I was working uh, for like eight years uh, at a user user experience design agency, and um, I started out as a visual designer, actually, as a graphic designer, and uh, that's what I went to school for. And um, then Twitter and Facebook became a thing, <laughs> not to date ourselves here, but um, and started being used for business purposes uh, more specifically. And I was like, oh, what can we do with these toys? And, um, you know, started trying to incorporate that into, you know, blogging became um, started becoming, um, you know, commonly used for or ex- more commonly accepted, I should say, it wasn't commonly used then uh, as a business tool. Like, how can we keep getting people to come back to these awesome websites that we're building? And um, yeah, I kept exploring that. And I really wanted to build out a content uh, specialty um, at that agency. And um, it, I was just a graphic designer. I wasn't a founder or principal or, you know, uh, any anything in like director level or anything like that. And so I just kept hearing no. And I was like, all right, fine. That's cool. It's not my company. That's what you want to do. Fine. So I finally, I eventually left and um, went to another agency for that specific reason, because they wanted to build a, a content strategy arm. And um, they were working towards that. And so I was hired to eventually do that. Um, plans changed that never happened (laughs) and I was like I'm out this is happening to me again this is like hitting my head against the wall I'm gonna go do this on my own and so that was when I and that's why I said earlier that like it was kind of a long time coming something that I had been thinking about just didn't have the, the the guts to do it and then like you know I felt like you know you picture those memes of like if you need a sign this is it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I felt like that finally happened when, uh, yeah, they they were saying that my dad needed a heart transplant. So <laughs> I was like, "All right, it's time." Yeah, that that is a sign, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, or I mean, that's how I took it. I mean, <laughs> maybe other people would be like, "This is a sign. I should stay exactly where I am for another two years." <laughs> oh no, no, I absolutely do think that's a sign oh, that that you made the right decision. <laughs> I'm just thinking that like. <laughs> Your, you know, the first couple signs were just like, um, you didn't get the opportunity. And then again, didn't get the opportunity. And then like the third sign is like, dad's got a mm-hmm. heart transplant. Life is short. Go now. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of that. Cause actually, um, it's interesting. Lloyd and I were on a vacation. We were, oh, we were, we were in Barcelona. I distinctly remember walking down the street and being like, I'm leaving. I'm. I think I've decided. <laughs> I'm leaving the company. And he's just like, Really? What are you gonna do? I'm like, I'm gonna start my own. And he's like, Right on. That's great. <laughs> I was like, That's it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> there was no like, We should really discuss this. We should talk about our finances, <laughs> or you know, all those smart things that you should actually do. But no, he was just like, That's cool. Do it. <laughs> I was like, Thanks. I'm gonna. So yeah, I came back and I put in my two weeks notice. That's am- not right away. After after a while, I waited a while. It wasn't like I came back and was like, "See you guys." Oh, oh, I'm out. You didn't come back in the next day, put in your notice. No, no, God, that would be horrible. That would be totally unprofessional and rude. 
So, so you, uh, you start sparked, um, and, and, and nowadays you have two people you employ that sparked, right? Um, that we did. Um, no, we don't any longer. Um, one went back to grad school for theater. Um, so I was like, hooray, good for you. She's wonderful. Um, she's directed some plays. She's, um, done some screenwriting, um, play, playwriting. Oh God. I don't know anything about theater. I'm sorry. <laughs> theater um, things, we'll say. Theater things. She, she writes the things that happen on the stage. Okay. Got it. <laughs> um, and so she's she's amazing. So she's off doing that now. And then um, another employee, she was actually always a contractor. Uh, she was our project manager, and she had her own um, her own clients. And that was just exploding for her, and she was just – killing it right um because she's amazing and of course she was killing it um so she gave me like tons of notice to say like okay i think the time's coming that i'm gonna have to pick between my clients and your clients and you know of course her clients are well, gonna I was win. Saying, and you know that um, feeling yeah exactly exactly um and so yeah so it was just like i'm like oh, that's awesome i'm really glad to hear that your business is doing so well that's awesome um and we're still really great friends. So, um, so yeah, so now it's mostly just me. So before, before the two departures, how long was it more than just you? Uh, for the, um, well, the first year I was probably just me. And then, um, my cousin Amy, um, I was like, Hey, you're good at social media. Do you want to work with me part-time and do some social media stuff? <laughs> She was like, sure, that sounds fun. Um, I'm pretty sure that's verbatim how that conversation <laughs> went. Um, <laughs> and I was like, how much do you want to get paid? She's like, I don't know. She's just, Whatever. This will be fun. So I'm like, great. That was easy. This is not how life really works, though. So um, that's not normal. Um, <laughs> You're like, starting a business is so easy. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> if only all the conversations were that easy. Um, and then... Up until this past May, April, um, yeah, up until April, um, had had employees, um, and then um, had a, another contractor um, helping, and uh, she recently got uh, another job as well. So um, good for her. Gotcha. Very happy for her. Yeah, so now it's it's mostly me, and then um, bring on contractors. Writers have always been um, freelance because every every client needs a different type of expertise, and so we've always kind of hired out for that. Oh, that makes total sense. I, I ask because um, when I when I always think about small businesses and people owning their own business, um, I think about the weight that you must feel as the owner that you employ somebody and mm-hmm. especially, you know, in the United States, you're traditionally responsible for their healthcare, you know, if you can offer any healthcare, um, but at least their salary. I mean, you know, in the United States, people at their full-time job get a lot um, that kind of supports mm-hmm. their life. So I was just curious, like, how does that take up, you know, some of that mental capacity and, how much weight on your shoulders does that feel like when you have at least one other person you're supporting through your, mm-hmm. your business? Yeah, it's, um, it's a huge, huge, huge weight. Um, yeah, I had always, um, been the, the kind of person that was like leaders eat last. I don't know if you've read that book. 
um, I have not, but I, I, I do no, appreciate I the phrase. Um, I think it's a Simon Sinek book. Um, so the idea is that like in the military that the leaders always eat last. Um, so it's all about the soldiers, right? Um, making sure that they're nourished and fed because if you all of a sudden have to go to battle, you know, everybody's got to go and it's like, well, the leaders will, they'll make do. Um, so yeah, so that's that phrase. Um, so, um, there were a lot of times where I would just have to figure it out and figure out how to make ends meet, but you know, everybody else was, was getting paid. Um, you know, and every, everything looked great on the surface. Um, but I'm like a duck paddling frantically under the water, trying to stay afloat. (laughs) So, um, yeah, over the past seven years, there's been a lot of those moments. I have to ask, and the reason I say I have to ask is because having interviewed entrepreneurs for years, to me, this is such a basic question in those conversations, but I'm more interested from the human perspective. When that happens, when you are fighting to make ends meet so that you can support, you know, the leaders eat last, so the the employees are fine, and you're trying to make sure the business is going to survive, that you're going to survive, how do you just not quit at that point? Like, how do you just not call it a day, cut your losses and take the weight off your shoulders? Well, there's the funny reason because I don't want to ever have to have a real nine to five job again. (laughs) But then like the actual reason um, is because those people are depending on you. You know, Um, your clients are depending on you. Um, You started this business for a reason. You had a vision. You have a mission that mission, that vision is counting on you. Um, you, you can't quit. I mean, you can quit and I mean, and it's totally okay to quit. And sometimes that quitting is sometimes the smart, smarter decision, but I've always tried to, to fight it out because I feel like there's always a way. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's always, always a way it, on, in a service-based business, I feel like there's there's always a way. That's not true for startups. Um, sometimes it's like, okay, the market's either not there, it's not ready, or you're too late. Um, or it's perfect timing. Of course, that can also happen. But um, like sometimes you just got to know when to fold them. But when it comes to like a service-based business, I feel like you have the opportunity to shift, to change, to try different things. Um, in a more agile kind of way than than a large corporation surely can, um, but even sometimes as startups because you know board of directors, investors, you know all these other things, layers of complexity. You know, it's me. I'm a sole proprietor. I don't have partners. Um, I can decide that this ship is changing directions at any point. Not that it should, because um, that's not healthy. But um, but yeah, I mean. In the past six months alone, you know, looking back, like I've basically rebuilt this business just out of um, sheer necessity, Um, you know, employees leaving, you know, so the structure of the skill sets have changed. Um, So, for example, we're not as much focused on traditional agency work and implementation. Now we're focused a lot more on coaching and courses, Um, things that are much more scalable, things that I can do um, to multiply my time, basically, um, to scale my time. Yeah, I am. I know, I know one of the new, uh, kind of your new, um, goal is 
helping 1,000 women-owned businesses generate a million dollars in revenue, whether it's their first million or their next. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know where I grabbed that from. Was that on your website? That's on our website. <laughs> okay. I was like, I didn't write that. I don't want to take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely on our website. Yeah. And I'm not sure how I feel about putting the like the 1,000 women mark in there because um, I feel like too many people fixate on that. Um I mean, just thinking out loud from my experience and explaining this to people over the past six months. Um, so I'm trying to like, just to be transparent, like trying to figure out what's a better way to phrase that. And where that all came from is that out of all the U.S.-based businesses in the United States that make a million dollars in revenue or more, only 2% are women-owned. And that just infuriates me. Um, and that's, I want to change that. And so the coaching and the coursework that I've been creating this past year or this, you know, this year um, has all been focused on that goal. 2%. That's. It's actually one point like nine, seven. Wow. 1.79. It's under 2%. Wow. Yeah. And the, and the VC world. So on like the startup side of the world, um, venture, venture capital funding to women is around 2% of all funding as well. So it's not just in like, yeah. So it's not just in like the revenue side. It's also in, um, in the investment side too. So there's huge disparity there that, um, I'm hoping that like we can make some kind of, some kind of impact. I have lots of plans. It's the execution that, uh, is uh, slow on the uptick. <laughs> One, if it's, if it's, uh, you know, primarily you now, it's also that, that support system of, you know, how do you mm-hmm. gather this, this group, a band, band together and make this happen? You know, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, rebuilding a team, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of like, you know, partnerships, um, you know, partnering with other organizations, um, partnering with other, you know, specialists, um, as well. So no, you know, it can't be an island, right? It's true. You know, I, um, I mentioned at the top, those, those three memories I had, um, mm-hmm. uh, that Facebook post about Lloyd was, was definitely one of them. Um, one of the other ones, you know, to, to go back to Lloyd, um, was, was from the, his funeral. And I remember standing, uh, you know, you have like, the, I don't, I don't actually know what the terms are at a funeral home for all mm-hmm. the rooms, but you have the room where the person's funeral is, uh, mm-hmm. or the wake. Um, oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I guess this is called the wake. Um, and then you have the hallway mm-hmm. outside like that you walk in. Um, mm-hmm. sorry, I, I don't know the terms for these rooms. Um, I, to be honest, don't really either. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll just call it the, the room and the hallway. Um, right. There you go. So, so when I arrive, um, I don't think I arrived necessarily too late, but, um, the room was packed and the room was was. quite large. Um, so I'm standing out in the hallway. I remember this and there were people in front of me on the hallway. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. like at the front of the door or anything. I was Mm -hmm. a couple people back looking through the hallway and I think you were giving a speech. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just remember that. I remember it was packed mm-hmm. like so many people. Um, mm-hmm. 
I know Lloyd, you know, had such an impact on you. And, and I know, you know, I, I was so privileged to meet him a few times and, and, you know, through you knowing him, but it seemed like he had an impact on so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, at that time you had sparked going on. I mean, your business, mm-hmm. you had sparked going on. You had your business. Mm-hmm. How did you yeah. process all this? How did... I mean, like I said, I'm sitting there looking at Facebook thinking people don't just die randomly. <laughs> yeah. In in your, I mean, you're sitting there, I mean, thinking the same thing, but it was your husband. You're mm-hmm. running a business. How do you, how do you process all this? Well, I'm still processing it, um, to be just completely honest. You know, it's still hard. Um, but I had, again, like going back to, we were talking about before, like when I started the business, I'm really fortunate that I have a, a really great support system of friends and family. Um, if I didn't have that, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Um, honestly, I don't know that I'd be here, but having really great friends and a uh, really great family just goes um, so far. And um, I had, um, you know, two really great, two really great team members that just had my back. They, they literally (laughs) said, Christine, we've got this. You take the time that you need. Um, And they, they were able to shoulder, um, shoulder client work. Um, And again, the clients were just so, just so, so, so understanding, um, you know, at that point, you know, being six years into the business, we knew who not to work with. <laughs> um, and, uh, it just wonderful, wonderful people. And, uh, just, they were very, very, very understanding. Um, cause at the end of the day, that's, you know, it's just marketing. Um, it, you know, it's business, it's money, it's time and everything. But at the end of the day, it's not, it's not, the most important thing in the entire world. Um, so, so yeah, so, so really having, um, extremely caring and, um, loving and, uh, helpful team members, uh, I think is the only way that the business has survived. That, like you said, that the notion of just the support system of, of that pack behind you supporting, no matter what, um, you mentioned that a few times and I, I couldn't agree with that more. It's like I said, that notion of alone, we're, we're pretty good, but together I think we're probably a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And, um, <laughs> why I'm thinking like, I've been doing a lot on LinkedIn lately and I keep thinking of the things that like, by the time you need a network, it's too late. So, you know, build, sowing those seeds, to have that support system and um, to be there for other people. Um, you know, if you don't have that, start trying to sow the seeds of that now uh, because at some point you're going to need it um, and people are going to need you too. So that goes both ways. That is, uh, I'm writing that one down too, which is a classic uh, that I believe in so much. That notion of like, uh, and I, I, I've, I've, I've 
create your network before you need it, but also yeah. just that notion of like in doing so, just help others, just to help them. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, one day they you might need help and they'll come help you, but it, it's almost just of that self-giving. And, and you embody this, in my opinion. I mean, you're, you know, you talk about LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're always on LinkedIn. You're always on Facebook. You're always everywhere helping everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just see the genuine, you're just helping, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. see Christine trying to like, you know, next time I have something, next time I get knocked down, I want you all to come help pick me back up. I just see you. <laughs> Just helping others, you know, who have gotten knocked down and, and picking them back up and not asking for anything in return. I, I, I try to come from a place of service. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that other than, <laughs> other than that. Um, it's, it's true. I just feel like there's just so much. Um, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking of all of like the Facebook groups that I'm in, which is honestly the only reason I'm really on Facebook anymore is for the for the groups. Um, I mean, and the dog memes, of course, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, there's just, I just see like so many people starting businesses and having all the questions that I had when I started and I'm like, Oh, I figured that one out. Here you go. Um, (laughs) don't make the mistake I made. Um, you know, cause like, why keep that to yourself when you can help someone else like avoid, you know, whatever strife you went through. So, um. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have a life. So I sit on, I sit on, you know, all the networks a lot. <laughs> you, you don't have a life. Yeah. Everything we've just discussed. Uh, <laughs> you have so much free time. Oh my gosh. Uh, Spe- speaking of, of free time, um, I don't know what is, is Cassius, how you pronounce your dog's name? Cassius? Oh, Cassius. Like Cassius Clay the Boxer. Yeah. Cassius. Okay. Yeah. You got Cassius... When you and Lloyd were together, right? Yeah, yeah. So we got uh, we got Cassius, aka Cashman or Cash Cash or asshole. Uh, just kidding, my dog's not an asshole, but sometimes he is. I mean, come on, aren't we all? Every now and again. Um, but um, we got him uh, June, like June twenty seventeen, and Lloyd passed May twenty eighteen. So yeah, we all had them all together almost a year. And you, you still have them today. Yes, yeah, still have tell, them. T- still have them today. Tell me about Cassius. Um, when I when I watch your adventures with Cassius on Facebook, <laughs> um, I mean, what one one thing I notice is that uh, I think he definitely seems to uh, like to give you a fun time. Oh um, yeah, never a dull and, moment with that guy. Yeah, but the other thing I noticed is. Um, he seems to bring you so much joy. He, oh, he seems does. to just light up your world. What what kind of joy does he bring you? Oh, he's my whole heart. Um, I don't know how to answer that question. He's just a sweetheart. He's sleeping right now, but because um, it's actually it's actually bedtime. He determines bedtime around here. He, this dog has trained me. <laughs> uh, he's a morning dog, and like he would get us up at like five in the morning, and I'm like, who 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 is this creature? This is not how we roll. We don't get up to like seven. <laughs> around here but now we've compromised at six so um so yeah he goes to bed pretty early but um he he's really just um he's been such a saving grace i'm so grateful for him he gets me out of bed every day literally literally (laughs) literally yeah there's been many many days in the past year and a half that uh 
I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to stay here. Maybe I can get a dog walker. <laughs> I'm like, that's dumb. Why would I do that? Um, so then, you know, you know, get up, go walk him, you know, and then actually just start the day. So, um, but yeah, he really did just bring me so much joy. I love nothing more than long walks in the summer with him along the lakefront. That's just, it's just so fun. I'm thinking about what you said earlier about, uh, support network and friends and just how that's such a consistent theme and getting through things. And I wonder how much does Cassius play, you know, that role for you nowadays as, as some part of that support network. Oh yeah. I tell him every day he's my best friend. Um, I don't know if he knows what that means. <laughs> I was going to say, do you get a smile out of, the, out of that? Uh, sometimes I get a, I get a boop in the nose. He's not much of a liquor, uh, but I'll get like little nose boops. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, got it. I guess you got that. <laughs> uh, he's just, um, he's a character. He's really, um, I've never had a dog before, so um, I don't really have a baseline <laughs> of um, how dogs normally are. Um, you know, I've had friends that have had dogs, but um, I don't know. They never seemed like, I don't know, like this full of character, <laughs> really, like, like I, you can look at him and you can kind of tell what he's thinking. Um, <laughs> it's like, don't do it, buddy. Don't do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I don't know if that's normal or not, but uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a great guy. He's a great pup. Good roommate. <laughs> well, that's the important part, right? Someone you can live with. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, he doesn't jump up on the table anymore. So, um, so there's progress. Did he like like a kitchen table? Yeah. Oh my god, he could be standing next to the dining room table, and uh, from standing, just be on the table all of a sudden. He used to do that if like Lloyd and I weren't paying attention to him uh, enough, which meant all the time because this dog like craves attention like crazy. Um, so every now and again, he'd just be on the table, and you know we. <laughs> be like get down <laughs> the hell's wrong with you um and then he'd be fine uh, he hasn't he hasn't done that since Lloyd passed i find that crazy and odd and fascinating all at the same time yeah i mean, the first part just the fact that he did it i find fascinating <laughs> yeah like a three or, three or four foot jump yeah exactly yeah, yeah this dog's got hops um, but yeah him not doing it since then is you know kind of fascinating yeah I mean, and it's not because there's stuff on the table, because <laughs> there's nothing on the table. <laughs> it's not like it's occupied. Um, yeah, I think it's, I, I mean, it's probably because he gets all the attention that he wants, but um, <laughs> I'm guessing that's, that's why. But yeah, um, he's, he's definitely, you know, talking about support systems. Um, he's definitely my support animal, not in the official sense, but, you know, definitely keeps me keeps me seeing the positive. Like you said, literally gets you out of the bed every day. It does. He sure does. Well, Christine, I cannot thank you enough for taking this time today to chat. Thank um, you. This has been, on my end, this has been amazing. Um, and I hope that on your end, this was a worthwhile endeavor. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you um, so much. I mean, gosh, this was, this has been really, really great. Um, thank you for sharing those three moments um, with me. I, I never, never realized that. And um, it's really interesting to like look back and, 
and hear those things. So, so thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of We're Only Human. Please go ahead and give us a review or rate us with some stars. And maybe tell a friend about the podcast. Thanks.